Welcome to Rounding Third, the official podcast of the Nashville Sounds. On the field, off the field, Rounding Third takes you inside Nashville Sounds baseball. Here's your host, Jeff Hemm. Welcome to another edition of Rounding Third. It's Jeff Hem here with you. Thank you for joining us on the Sounds Podcast. We hope you'll check out all the previous episodes from prior seasons. And today, excited to bring you our first episode of this 2022 season. Today, we get the chance to learn a little bit more about Sounds right-hander and Wisconsin native, Caleb Bosley. Caleb, I want to go back to the younger Caleb Bosley, sort of like pre-high school as your baseball career is sort of taking shape in Hortonville, Wisconsin. Um, when did you realize that you might have an opportunity to pitch in college as you eventually did at UW Lacrosse? I don't know if there was a certain moment for me. Um, obviously, growing up and playing in high school, it was just about like high school spring season was the greatest thing ever, and uh, you're there out there competing with your friends and. Um, and then summer, summer baseball was just something to do. I was like, I was going to work first, and then I was going to play baseball. And uh, after high school, I went to a, I wanted to play college baseball, but it wasn't a priority for me. It was, it was where can I go to school first? Um, and I went to a two-year, it was basically a junior college close to home. Um, I think we, we had a club team there, and we played about 10 games in two years there. So, uh I mean, after junior college, it was just I picked whatever Division three school I wanted to transfer to and tried out for the team there. So, Well, you were part of an outstanding program at UW Lacrosse. I mean, national championships and playing at a very high level. What was that experience like? What stands out to you as some memories from all that? Um, yeah, <laughs> very, very fortunate situation I stepped into there. I, when I transferred there, I had absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. The biggest impression my first year there was the the senior leadership we had on the team. Like that was the example that they set for me. Being that was my first time playing like organized college baseball, mm-hmm. and we had incredible seniors. So that was having that foundation. Uh, I think definitely has helped get me to where I am um, because they showed us what a winning team looked like. We ended up being runners-up that year uh, in the Division Three College World Series. So it was just a great example set by them, and and it led me throughout my college career and into yeah. professional ball. Yeah, you're drafted in 17 by the Padres, 33rd round. Take me back pre-draft. Are you thinking, are you, are you confident you'll get drafted? You just don't know maybe where or by whom? Uh, what, was, what was sort of on the radar for you at, in that moment? I knew there was an opportunity. Um, I had talked to two teams. The, the Padres had called me pre-draft the scout, and uh, he told me that, you know, I'm on the board, no idea when or where I would go or if I would go. And then the Marlins also uh, talked to their scout. But I had no idea. I, yeah. It was just like if something happens, great. If not, that's okay too. Yeah. Very fortunate it happened because I didn't have any job prospects <laughs> after college. But um, it was cool. I, I was out. I think I was like, golfing. It got to day three of the draft, and I was sick of staring at my phone. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go out. and um, Yeah, I got the call, and it was yeah. very cool. The year before, Taylor Colway was drafted by San Diego, one of your college teammates, also by the Padres. So did, do you feel like that helped get you even more on, on their radar for the next year? 
I think so. I think so. Troy Troy Horner was the scout who drafted uh, Taylor and myself. And I think Taylor's first year, he was in uh, short season up in Tri-City with the Padres, and he did very well and held his own. So I think to draft Taylor from my school, for him to do well professionally, definitely gave Troy a little bit of juice when he was in the, the draft room to be like, all right, well, they got this guy from the same school. Like, let's see what we can get out of him. So. Uh, I'm I'm thankful for Taylor and his success. <laughs> a wild circumstance that you guys are both drafted by San Diego, and then you played together last year at El Paso, getting as high as AAA and being teammates is pretty remarkable. I'm not sure fans understand the odds just in general of that happening for any two teammates is pretty rare. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really cool. I had to, Taylor is a very, very quiet, uh, reserved person. And there was a few times last year I had to remind him, like, I don't think this has happened uh, too often in professional baseball where two Division three teammates have been able to, I mean, we basically, we played every level together uh, with the Padres and and then to be teammates at a level below the big leagues, yeah. like it's it's pretty cool. So I had to remind myself and remind him to like soak it in a little bit. Yeah. Growing up in Wisconsin, I know we talked about the Brewers component when you joined me on a pregame show a while back, but was it? Basically, you know, all the teams a person might think, Brewers, Packers, Bucks, you were just all in on Wisconsin sports growing up, probably Badgers too. Yeah, uh, I loved them all. I loved them all. Badgers football, Badgers basketball, Packers football, die hard. And obviously the Brewers baseball. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, of all the teams, it's the Brewers. Yeah. And uh, you reside in Madison right now, right? One of the great cities in this country, man. I, I, I would ask what drew you there, but anything draws a person to want to live in Madison. But uh, describe that city from your standpoint. It's, it's very cool. I, I mean, growing up in Hortonville, I love Hortonville, but it's just it's a completely different dynamic there. Yeah. Hortonville is like 3,500 people, farm, small town community. And then Madison is just like, Madison is awesome, and then the whole surrounding community is, is up and coming too. So uh, there's a lot to do. Obviously, the, the facility I train at down there is just outside of Madison, but like state of the art, it's it's everything I could ask for. I work there, I train there. It's, it's a perfect setup for me. Being a pro athlete and in tremendous shape and a, a pretty thin guy, do you allow yourself to partake in the brats and the cheese curds and everything that people know Wisconsin for? <laughs> I, I am very fortunate that my metabolism allows me to, um, in moderation, obviously. But uh, yeah, I uh, I enjoy a good brat and a and a Culver's butter burger with oh, some yeah. cheese curds. There you go. Now, clearly, you are extremely talented in baseball. What are some things, some sort of I don't know if hidden is the right word, but some other talents, or what is sort of your best sport? Would you say outside of baseball? I'm okay at golf, but I love golfing. Um, it's uh, it's something I can do with friends, and and it's just a different change of pace. It allows you to be competitive with yourself, and you can compete with other people. But uh, yeah, absolutely love golfing. Now, when you say okay, are you being modest, or I mean, what sort of an average Caleb Bosley golf score? On a par, let's say a par 72. Uh, I, average, I would be around. 85 86 okay. but i can crack off the occasional sub 80. what's the strength of your golf game um i would have to say my iron play i can i can hit my irons straight most of the time yeah 
Do you think people outside of Wisconsin realize that some of the best golf golf courses in the country are in the state of Wisconsin? I think, okay, I think people realize it. There's a lot of pride with the golf there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I enjoy golfing in Arizona in the spring, but every year I'm complaining about it because in Wisconsin, if you miss the fairway, you're just in the trees. But in Arizona, if you miss the fairway, you're in a cactus. You spend your off seasons in cold weather for most of the time. What is maybe the coldest conditions you've ever still played a round of golf in the off season? Are you one of those guys that unless there's snow on the ground, you're going out? No, no, I'm a little <laughs> bit of a softy with that. But I mean, last year we had a few days in November where like the sun would crack out and you if it's sunny in November, you're yeah. golfing because it's yeah. it's warm enough to handle it. What is something about being a professional baseball player that you feel like over time people on the so-called outside don't always consider? Whether it's something about you know the difficulty of the game on the field or something off the field, is there anything that you feel like people don't truly understand or always consider when they think of the lifestyle that you and your teammates are trying to go through? I don't know. I think, I think um, there is a lot of uh, similarities that can be drawn with uh, our day-to-day -day operations and day-to-day -day operations of, of other professions. Um, you know, there's there's good days here and there's bad days, and um, I think sometimes our bad days are a little more public. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just the same thing where you have a bad day and you have to show up show up the next day and you have to kind of clean the slate and have a good attitude and um, and try to make sure the next day is a little bit better. As we are sitting here today taping this, we are in between games six and seven for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, your your level of hope slash stress is where for the Bucks going into game seven? There, there are a lot of similarities we can draw to their run last year with, uh, I think it was the Brooklyn Nets in the in the what round are we in the playoffs? Semis. So the semis. But it was the same thing where they had to go into Brooklyn in game seven against a team that was better than them and beat them. Yeah. And I think I think it's the same right now. So in Giannis, we trust. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good guy to have your trust in. That's a pretty good guy to have your trust in. The last thing I want to ask you about is your last name looking like it would be pronounced Bouchley. Yep. Does anybody ever get it right when they're first guessing it? Uh, no, no, and I don't know why it's pronounced the way it is, because I have an uncle who pronounces it Bowsley, but my father pronounces it Bosley, so I don't know what the story is there, but I just kind of have to roll it. <laughs> That's interesting. So do they, does it get discussed often? Is there, it's not going to change? Both sides are, have, have stood their ground? Yep, yep. Both sides have stood their ground. They're both, my dad's 62 now and his brother's in his late 50s. So I think we're, we're stuck with where we're at. If you have to, I don't know, you know, you're making a dinner reservation or whatever and you say it, do you immediately just try to spell it for the person? Do you go with an entirely different name? You know they're not going to write it down correctly. <laughs> I normally, I won't even put my last name normally. I'll just say <laughs> Caleb or I'll use my middle name or something, but I don't even try with my last name. <laughs>
Caleb B. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for joining us today on Rounding Third. All right, thank you. All right, sounds right, Andrew. Caleb Bosley, this is Jeff Hem. We'll talk with you again next time. Thank you for listening to Rounding Third, the official podcast of the Nashville Sounds. For more information about Sounds Baseball and this podcast, visit nashvillesounds.com slash podcasts.